Welcome to the HR Community Podcast. My name is Shane O'Neill, founder of Civitas Talent, the HR and HSC recruitment community. Each episode, we will host HR leaders and discuss their journey and discover best practice HR solutions across the HR industry. Whether you're a CEO, HR executive, or operating across the wider HR space, this podcast is for you. Please like and subscribe, and don't forget to comment and share your views. Enjoy the episode. Okay, good morning, everyone. Shane O'Neill here from Civitas Talent, uh, just bringing another HR Community Podcast episode to you. Um, very pleased to have Laura Rankin on our episode today. Laura is the HR Director for Australia New Zealand with Zotica. Um, good morning, Laura. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you very much for having me, Shane. You're very welcome. Um, look, over to you again, Laura. Um, We'd love to hear a bit more about uh, your role, um, maybe a little bit more about the business for those that don't know, Exotica as a brand, and um, we go from there. Absolutely. So I um, am in a really lucky position, I think. I'm the HR director for the retail business partners for ANZ. So my role really supports our field team and their teams within the stores. Um, in all aspects of the people function. And the exciting part is we've gone through some many challenges like many of my peers uh, in the last two years. And I even said to someone yesterday, I don't know if it was a good two years or a bad two years, but it was an interesting two years. So um, still love what I do. And Luxottica is, is, is an incredible company to work for. But more importantly, you know, we're very passionate about, you know, our people. Fantastic. And um, look, in, in terms of your journey, um, I know we've talked about it um, a little bit in, in the past. Um, do you want to maybe tell us a little bit more about sort of your journey into HR and the types of industries and, and companies and roles that you worked in to, to sort of get to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting when you talk to people about where they landed, you know, now in, in, in my 40s and how I got into to my role. I'm really fortunate, you know, retail's been in my blood since I was 15. One of my first jobs for many of those who are similar age group to me, ProDive, I remember working in the store and the click and clack um, credit card machine. So I fell into to, to retail in many ways and um, fell back into it after, you know, finishing uni, back into a really great company, Super Retail Group, and I started there as a, a HR advisor and um, lucky enough to work in stores. So we were actually based in stores. And for me, that was the true foundation of understanding retail. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to this day, I still, I was in stores two weeks ago. It's really what I live and breathe. And mm-hmm. I guess it's where I get my energy from. I was with Super Retail Group for uh, 12 years, just under 12 years, and I had many roles there and I was really lucky to have the opportunity to to work both in the Sydney office and the Brisbane office for short times in our different brands. So I was with the, the Super Retail Group. We moved across um, and I worked for the Leisure Group, which was BCF, as everyone would know that, the Leisure Portfolio, and then I was really lucky to spend my last six years with Rebel, which, which was an absolute foundation for my skill set, but incredible people I worked with um, and the leadership their team I, I still hold very fond memories that they taught me a lot and 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 I just know that no matter where I'll be you know I still find myself reflecting on some of the challenges and the great opportunities we did together and so that's a very I hold a very um the close part for me in that team Fantastic. and then I moved on to Luxottica which which is where I am now 
Amazing. And you mentioned the in-store piece, which is obviously quite interesting. So, um, you know, what, what are the advantages there? Because obviously, you know, in-store, you're on site, you're dealing with all the frontline and, and frontline leaders. So what, what's the advantage of that from a, from a HR partnering perspective? For me, it's really understanding, you know, and supporting the team. Mm. You know, there are so many people that, and I say this with the utmost respect, is you could sit at a desk and, and push out a presentation but you know it's not going to land because the team aren't going to resonate with what you're trying to deliver. So having that advantage of being in stores, and I strongly encourage my team, you know, we work in stores at Christmas. Mm -hmm. We actually don't do the HR side. We're actually helping um, in stores. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to really understand what the team are going through, what the customers, you know, are like and, and what the team experience on a day-to-day -day perspective, it just is absolutely critical in our role and I truly believe if we are to be successful in in HR and for that people experience we need to know what our team are saying absolutely. and and living which is really important for me yeah absolutely and and um sort of on the retail side because obviously that's taken such a spin um in the market over the last couple of years and even pre-COVID like um you know you mentioned some brands there like like Rebel etc like that a lot of it's online now as well so you know did you see any change from a HR perspective supporting or, or, or managing stakeholders when when the world of um, retail went online or not, not so much from my perspective I think the challenge is a lot of HR um, professionals affected was the last few years of COVID and that really changed you know we had this wonderful plan on a page which in years prior to COVID we were able to execute you know quite flawlessly yes. and then COVID put a stop to it so it really tailored it just took that piece where we were very planned to be able to stop and make sure it was landing where our team were working from home where our team um weren't aren't able to work from home so it was making sure we were still keeping them connected um and, and able to make sure that they felt supported which is the most important thing for us yeah absolutely and 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 on the sort of topic of of the the pandemic which is uh you know, still a still a question I ask a lot of HR leaders is, you know, what's what did you sort of get out of that from a HR leader? Um, you know, we're looking at pre-current and and post-pandemic, the 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 rapid shift in the workforce, um, the rapid shift to work remotely and manage teams. Um, you know, what were your sort of kind of more um wins or or uh, sort of learns from from all that, Laura? Look, I think for me personally, you know, I was really lucky. I had an incredible team around me, mm. um, being both my HR directs but my own team. And, and you know, they were, like many of us, had to spend many nights working to make sure we were we were able to support each state that went through the changes. Um, for me, the learning piece was, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, make sure you don't have to be in person to deliver something. But there are team specific team that we always say, yes, yes, we'll make sure you're supported but I'm not there to show them. So it was really changing my style a little bit too. But I think more importantly, it you know, I can absolutely come out and say my team's probably the strongest team that I've been able to, I'm really proud of, um, to, to work through and and quite quite easily, you know, any leader can take holidays, but I can truly take holidays and switch off and know my team, which is probably, you know, what someone told me a long time ago, the best way you're successful is when you probably put yourself out of a role in many ways. Mm -hmm. And not that I feel that right now as another, you know, I don't want to leave, yeah. but um, I'm very lucky that my team have become agile. And I think if anything, if I if I use my team as the example, they've become really strong within themselves. So, you know, they, they know through the pandemic 
being on teams, you know, what their own individual strengths are. And I think they were able to highlight openly within, you know, the space of our team to say, I was really strong in this, but I'm actually not strong in that. Where sometimes you could probably hide in an office environment in some areas. So it's been a great experience for us. Love that. And um, I know we talked about this a little bit before we jumped on is, you know, from a recruitment perspective, um, there's a lot of talk on the war for talent. And even I found anyway, through COVID, there was a lot of business leaders um, leaning on HR to sort of support them through the the unknown um, at the time. And um, now, you know, the market's taken a complete flip and um, there's a, there is a war on, on talent at the moment across the board and, you know, not just HR, but other sectors and industries as well. Um, you know, what kind of advice would you give some of those companies or, or business leaders, you know, that are looking for talent out there at the moment or, or maybe finding it hard? Is there anything that, you know, you, you've done in the past or that the team are doing at the moment? Or Yeah, um, I would just, you know, they say just be real. You know, I think now more than ever people realise the importance of loving what they do. Yeah. Um, anyone that meets me would honestly hand on heart and say, I truly love what I do. You know, I, I, I give everything I possibly can. I've got a family, so I've always believed that if I didn't like it, you know, I wouldn't be away from them. And, and I truly am lucky where I am right now. I really do love, you know, the company and, and the people I work with. Mm. And I think the war on talent, people are looking for that connection with the business. You know, yes, you've got a role and even REM side of it, but it's that connectivity with the person they're working with and with the team. So if you can have the opportunity for the, the candidate to meet the person they're working with it. And actually, you know, I know we spoke prior to this, but not talking about capability, but talking about can I work with them? Can I develop with them or, or grow from whatever they're able to offer? Can I work with the team around me? That's what people are looking for now more than ever, I think, as well. So it's important for companies to to be honest with the the, the candidates, and, mm. and, I, and I'm sure everyone is, but to be honest about the day-to-day, this is great, but this isn't so great because we know when candidates come on, they say, oh, I was told this and this hasn't happened. So from my perspective, it, it's just keeping it a little bit real. Absolutely. And, and like you say, you know, having that that personal touch and, you know, um, as a HR leader yourself, um, you know, you've worked up through through the ranks and we talked a little bit about that at the at the start of the episode. Um, what advice, like what would be your, your three sort of big tips for aspiring leaders? Um, and 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 before you respond, like I, I get questions a lot from aspiring leaders and they want to, you know, move from a HR advisor to a business partner or move from a business partner um into more of a leadership role. Um, some of them even want to change sectors and industries. Is there any um, sort of advice or, or top three tips that, that you have in mind for some of those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, not in any particular order. Yeah, yeah. But um, for any inspiring leaders, absolutely get a mentor. You know, um, reach out to the network. Just we put yourself out there in the aspect of reaching out to someone that you, you think you may resonate with. Reach out to them and say, I'm really interested in, in having a coffee catch-up, whatever that may be. Yes, you may get some that have already um are unable to support, but I'm sure people, you know, would love that opportunity. And I always say if I had that when I was younger, it would have been incredible um, for me. So um, I think that's probably the first piece. The second piece I would say is be be really honest Mm. with the people around you. Nobody wants a HR person sitting there saying, yes, it's all fantastic. You know, constructive feedback. I think, you know, when when as as a, you know, in, in the 
the business partnering field, it's really important to say to the leader, even it doesn't matter what level they are, this isn't working for these reasons and have your facts, of course, but be honest, don't, you know, don't gloss it over, just be truly honest. Um, and that I've always found rightly or wrongly for me, you know, having that honesty with 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 the leaders I've worked with and I've been really lucky that they've taken that um, very openly and, and respectfully because it's come from a good place, you know, I want to make sure we succeed. Um, and I think that the third thing is I, I, I've always truly believed in loving what you do. Mm. And, and anyone that will talk to me and I've said that, you know, earlier in, in the podcast is, really love what you do. If you don't like what you do, then don't be there. No one's convincing you to stay there. But you can absolutely meet the people that love what they do because they're the ones that are passionate about business, passionate about making mm. a, a, a making, you know, an opportunity to grow within the within the business but also the business itself. So um it's okay to change and it's okay to say to somebody, I'm actually not enjoying this. Yeah. But be honest about it. So fantastic. Great tips. Um, another question I was going to ask you, actually, just on that, is um, HR as a profession, um, the skills can be quite transferable, um, but some industries are, are are very unique in a way. And I know retail is because it's such a pace. You know, often it's twenty four seven. For for anyone that's looking to transition into the retail sector you know what what kind of advice would you give them or what would be the the, the things maybe they should look at it in themselves or in their own capability um to, to sort of move into that space i think first thing is if, if you want to move into retail go and spend time in the stores yeah okay. so if you're going through a retail job i'm sure if you rang the you know the, the organization and actually said to them you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in the first or second round or I'm exploring it, I just want to spend a day in the store to understand the team. Mm. That's where you're going to get as much information as possible. Um, and then the second piece I think would be is you need to be agile. Mm. You know, you need to be fast like many organisations, but retail is one of those industries that are not organisations, sorry, industries that you need to be fast with. Mm. So, yes, it is 24-7, but we change for many reasons why we change and COVID's one of them specifically, but there's many reasons why we can change a direction we're going as a business. Mm. You just need to make sure if that you're able to keep up with that pace. But again, it goes back to, you know, as I said, love it, love what you do because it won't matter, you know, okay, we change this direction, but we understand why. So, and ask questions, yeah. ask questions. If retail's an industry you really want to get into, it's a great industry. It's a career long industry. You know, there's a lot of um, team members within you know, our business, Luxotica, that we have um, have moved and transitioned into the support office, which is fabulous, and a lot of retailers are looking at, at that. So don't think you need to step out of retail if you need to further your career. Just ask the right questions. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. And I mean, in, in terms of HR again, so um, we talked a little bit about change and, um, you know, maybe more from a um, person wanted to transition into different sectors or uh, aspiring leaders. In terms of the HR profession itself, Laura, you know, what sort of challenges do you maybe predict um, or see over the next couple of years? Obviously, you would have seen a major transition and transformation of HR and the role of HR. And, um, you know, it's so specialised now compared to what it was many, many years ago. Um, you know, what, what's sort of your take on, on some of those things in terms of challenges ahead in, in the next few years? I think, um, you know, without stating the obvious about hybrid working and all, and all of the current or well, the, the new, I guess, challenges, well, not new, but 
current challenges that have probably progressed over the last couple of years. I really think people are choosing roles um, and industries as such that that makes them happy or they want to grow and and even recently knowing people that are coming into retail that haven't tried retail before or vice versa, exiting retail because they've been in retail for 20 years. Mm. So I think you'll see that quite a change, people doing things they haven't done before. Um, but I also think people are now really clear on what they want and, mm. you know, it's not necessarily used to, My feeling is it used to be that people wanted hybrid working. That's sort of a given now where a lot of companies are doing it. So it's what else can we offer and and if it is REM or if it's something else, whatever that may be, that's where I think you'll see the changes. And people being quite, I know we just spoke about it, people being really clear about what they want. So um, I think COVID, if anything's changed people's direction in they're asking for A, B, C and D where before they only asked for A and B and fluffed around the C and D piece. Oh, absolutely agree. And and I find as well, I'm getting questions. Many years ago, the first question I, I would get asked about a role is, what's the salary? Um, now it's, you know, it's still obviously important because uh, people have their financial goals or commitments. But um, it's probably the third question now that people want to more want to know more about the business, its vision, the people. So like you mentioned earlier, you know, what are the actual people like? Who are the people that I'm working with and what are they like? Um, and will I, you know, will I connect with them or will I not? And I think that that makes a decision a lot easier for someone than, you know, here's the, you know, the big salary package. Um, and also the hybrid thing as well. I think um, flexibility is definitely given now, especially with, with hybrid, although some roles may need or require you on site more, more than others. But um, if, if flexibility in hybrid is um, something that's on your, you know, priority list on, on your job search, um, it's probably not worth your while than interviewing or exploring the roles that need you on site every day because it's just not aligned. And, and I think as well, the biggest piece now is people want career development. Yeah, you know what's in it for me? At the, what can the business offer me? Is there internal programs that they're developing, and is there internal programs that they can develop in, or is it? Or I'd like to come on board and do this externally. Will the business support? Uh, you know, and I'm really lucky right now. Like Sonic, we've got some really strong. Um, training platforms that are that are um, that are evolving this year, and and it's mm. great to to have that for the team. But I think that's probably the other big piece. People that are coming into uh, any business or organisation are asking mm. that training development. What can you do for me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, look, I don't want to keep you for too much uh, long because I know you've got quite a lot on at the moment, um, and. Uh, we spoke before the episode and you, you listed a couple of those things. So I won't give you too long. Uh, just a few more quick questions and um, I'll, I'll run through those with you now, Laura. Um, so the first one was actually um, most influential person. Do you know what? I've got many yep. and mine, mine is going to be quite um quite probably not odd but different is my kids and I'm going to say the reason for them is that they're at such an age right now and and a really unique time that social media is everything to them and I really you know I I absolutely inspire on how they can uh, with with all due respect dust off some of the comments that come on on their platforms and how they can really navigate through what we never had when we had when I grew up And, and I I say that I really do think you know I, I take my hat off to all, all of the, the the kids out there that you know both you know primary and senior school that how they navigating through the pressures of life that we never had. So yes, I could name a, 
you know, five incredible inspirational leaders. But to me, it's it's our generation that are coming through that I, I just I can't wait to see how they change our futures. Yeah, love that, love that, and and what a time to to be young, you know, going through the whole pandemic and yeah. Studying from home and 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 whatever and uh, like you said you know social media like I know technology is a huge part yep. of education and learning system now so um, I don't even know if people still use pencils and stuff in school maybe maybe there's a class for it. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Laura, let, next question for you is uh, best lesson learned. Best lesson learned. That's really easy. It's okay to have tough conversations with your peers and your key stakeholders. They respect you more when you can have those honest conversations. Mm. Um, and I've learned sometimes the hard way, but, you know, I was very blessed, as I said, both in Rebel and in Lapsodica that I've worked in with incredible um, leaders mm. um, at both of them. And I absolutely take my hat off because they taught me a lot. Fantastic. Um, I think given our last conversation, uh, I know the answer to this one, but um, office, working from home or hybrid? Hybrid. So hybrid and for me, in-store too, which is part of it. Um, So I think there's, you know, there's an equal balance. And, and you know, for me, hybrid's not, you know, working in the store, working in the office. It's... It's a bit of everything that suits my that suits my style, and as I said, I'm really lucky with Luxottica that I have that opportunity to do that. But it's all three, if I may um, complicate the question a bit. Not at all, not at all. Um, who do you inspire? I think I, I I have to be honest. This is really corny, but I think it's my kids because they always say to me, "Mum, how do you do all of that?" and um, That's awesome. And yeah, they and quite often because you know I I love as I you know I keep going back to I love what I do I yeah. I, I, I truly do. Um, but I also when I'm at home I'm mum too. So I know that you know my kids or my my daughter especially says, "Mum, how do you do this and why are you doing all of this?" Yeah. And I do, truly do it not not for me, well for many reasons, but I want them when they're old enough to say I'm really proud of what you did, mum too. Awesome, and I'm sure they will be. Um, kids are always very transparent, so when and it, honest, when it, yeah, and honest. honest. When it comes to good feedback, you know it's good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, very true. What what frustrates you? <sighs> the problem. It's an easy question. It's an easy answer. If people just had really honest conversations, it's okay. I'm, you know, and I, I'm okay if people give me negative feedback. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I always take it. I, I don't have to listen to it. You know, you, they give it. But when I sit there and people aren't being truthful, mm-hmm. um, and this is talking work, obviously, yeah. um, it frustrates me because they're doing a, a disservice to themselves and to the person they're delivering that to. And being in HR, I'm, you know, it, it is probably one of my pet peeves. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, how yeah. do you keep mentally focused? I'm really active. So I, I um, probably there's two parts to that. I make sure that I have family time because that rests for the work perspective. But I also exercise, um, you know, whatever that may be, if it's walking, running, yeah. doing a spin class or weights, I do take the time for myself when I can. 
but it's but it is having that break and when I absolutely having that break and knowing when to have the break too I'm the first person to call it and say guys I need to log off today because you're not getting anything from me it's not operating today love that it's like knowing your boundaries and um I love that as well like there's definitely a trend I find um with some of the other guests is you know that mental focus it's um spending the family time um you know doing something active or you know it doesn't have to be physically active it could be yoga or meditation it could be um going for a run exercise um because at the end of the day i think sometimes you need that step away or separation from being on your laptop all the time and dealing with stuff all the time um but yeah i think i think there's definitely a trend there with the with with the mental focus but I think too, Shane, the boundaries are really clear. Like the boundaries are really good. You need to be open. You know, I'm really open with my team. Guys, you can't call me between these times because I'm cooking dinner and I want to read a book to my my kids. But call me at this time or any time. But and being like there's nothing wrong with saying to someone, just don't call me because I need to cook dinner or I'm actually taking my kids to basketball. So you can call me in the car, but no, they'll be in the car. Or don't, it's okay not to answer the phone and say, hey, can I call you back? Yeah. So it's being really clear about setting boundaries um, and being open about setting the boundaries. Not, I'm not answering the phone because I don't want to talk to you. It's just because, you know, I want to give you 100%. Absolutely. Speaking of dinner, um, if you could have dinner with one person, who would it be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, it would be my husband because we were always, you know, um, yeah. we never actually have much time for each other at night time. We try to, but um, who, if it was wasn't him, uh, see, I, see, I'm really hard. I can't give you one person. Yeah, I, there's yeah. so many people I, I would have dinner with, and um, it would if it's if I'm allowed to pick more than one, it would be yeah, having cool. dinner with my friends because that, you know, to let my hair down and just be me and not work me um, is amazing. But I also love connecting with old people I've worked with in the past and, and had, you know, really strong relationships and having dinner with them because it's nice to still know that you've got that that connectivity with them. I know that was a long answer, but that's the truth. Yeah, look, it's the truth, Vlad, and, and also, um, you know, how great is it that we can all go out with no restrictions now and sit down oh. and have a meal with whoever, wherever. Um, it's crazy, I think, you know, I think it was this time last year, you know, that wasn't even a... Um, an yep. option. So um, definitely take advantage of it while we can. Um, last question. Um, yep. We talked a little bit about this earlier as well. Um, what's your ideal um, holiday or retreat or have you anything planned? Is there anywhere on the bucket list? There's two. Um, so and they're really quite extreme. Um, so one, one is my ultimate dream and I haven't done it yet, but I will is to go to Nova Scotia and dive with the whales. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, that's that's um, one since I was probably 15 that I've wanted to do. I will do. Um, and anything planned, I love going to the snow. So I I like sitting by the resort, drinking cocktails and having that, that quiet time. But at the same time, I was devastated when the snow, my snow trip to um, um, last year was cancelled. Um, my husband's a skier and my kids and yeah. I are snowboarded. I'm not very good, but I still do it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. You can't wipe the smile off my face from the time we're driving down, maybe the time we're driving home. But, um, but yeah, I love it. So, yeah, they're, they're probably two extremes, but they're my ultimate holidays. Awesome. Well, hopefully next time we speak, um, you've either got something planned 
uh, to the snow in a few yeah, months. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you do already. You love it. Yeah, yeah, it's booked in. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, look, um, always a pleasure, Laura. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. And uh, hope all our viewers and, and listeners out there got some um, insights. I certainly did. Thank you so much for having me and, and um, really appreciate the time to, to share my journey. Very welcome. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the HR Community Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe and share your views and comments below. This podcast was brought to you by Civitas Talent, the HR and HSC recruitment community. Whether you're a candidate looking for a new role or organization looking to secure brand new talent for your team, please get in touch with us today. Thank you.